Hello, All Beard Inside listeners. We here at All Beard Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio only portion of the show here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 132 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on June 3rd, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. I'm your not-so-humble host, Carp, and today we are in Kanata, Ontario, and joining me is Sean from Small Pony Barrel Works. Hey there. Hey, thanks a lot for hosting us today. Uh, I understand you had quite a busy day, so the fact that you took time in your schedule to speak with us about your fantastic beers that I've had in the past and new ones I'm going to try today, I'm really looking forward to speaking to you about your brewery. Awesome. I'm excited, yeah. too. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so they're hidden behind the bottles, but uh, you brought me out some beers. What's this first beer I'm trying here? So this, uh, that's the first one is, uh, it's kind of like, I don't like to say the, the flagship yeah. beer, but this is, uh, it's called Half Remembered Dream. Okay. And this is the first, one of the first beers we did. This is the first beer we did for the LCBO. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's, it's been like a mainstay at yeah. the LCBO for the last like four years or so. So um, that's why I would call it a flagship. Yeah. Because it's like always, we always have to be making it because it's always being sold if somewhere. It's, <laughs> if it's being sold, why not? As we um, do? Yeah. A toast. A toast. <laughs> Very good. Um, so yeah, this um, spirit's a blend of, uh, it's a blend of a couple different barrels that mm-hmm. we do. So we do, we, we don't like, when we brew beer, we don't make like, like this is the recipe yeah. for that beer. Like we're brewing like a year before we make the beer. So okay. like we're, we're usually doing like, um, like five or six sort of recipes that mm-hmm. we, we like age and then we blend them. So this is a blend of um, one of our Berliner Weiss recipes and then one of our like uh, sort of stronger golden sour recipes. Okay. So like we, we blend them two at a awesome. ratio and then we use rose hips and hibiscus in this beer. So yeah, beautiful nose. Um, I, I know I've had this before and whenever I've come here, well, the only other time I've fortunately come here because there's so many breweries to visit now, uh, a friend of mine in Montreal is like, dude, buy me these and bring them back. And this was one of them. So Yeah, so it's, it's kind of floral. Um, I get like, I always get like a kind of a Swedish berry kind of mm-hmm. vibe out of it. I think this keg might be getting down near the end, but so it's not as fresh as like the bottles. But uh, especially in the you know pandemic, who yeah. knows when you're how long kegs are going to be yeah, on tap, and yeah, when are we going to close again? Uh, <laughs> Knock on wood, hopefully. But yeah, that's hopefully. that's a pretty good representation of like our base yeah. beer. It's the least like because we're adding fruit and stuff mm-hmm. to most of our other beers, and this is like literally just some yeah. some floor like flowers. Yeah, and the souring's not like too crazy sour. It's not like a you know. Uh, uh, what was it, the the sucker candies there the like warheads where oh, yeah. your face is like going inwards it's it's like kind of dancing on the side of my cheeks mm-hmm. so it's uh sitting in the right parts of the palate whereas like this is this the kind of sourness that mm-hmm. I like does it um, kind of remind you of like yeah. for me right now drinking it because I haven't I haven't tasted this mm-hmm. one in a little bit but it's reminding me almost like a like a cross between like a apple cider or yeah. apple juice and like a champagne kind of like that kind of tartness yeah, like yeah. that kind of level of yeah. acidity. No, fantastic beer. Like I said, I've had it before. It's always, uh, and it's nice. When I saw it in the LCBO a couple of months ago, I'm like, oh, yes, like you're in the LCBOs. And I know that's a whole rigmarole I've had to deal with as well to go through them. But uh, it, it does, I think, maybe help that some guy in Waterloo is like, hey, who's, who's Small Pony Barrel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm heading down this way. I'm heading to Montreal. I'm going to cut through Ottawa and come here. And- yeah, the LCBO was actually pretty good to work with that first, uh, that first time. I had gone down... As like before, I had opened the brewery. I was already calling them, saying yeah. like, "There's no sour beers any on the shelf anywhere. Like, yeah. you could get Rodenbach at Christmas, maybe, but it's like I'm starting a brewery that's doing only this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
would we be able to line up a skew like this and that? And he said, sure, come on in. And I went in with like 12 beers and it was like, just like, here's things I've been working on. Um, let me know what you think. Yeah. And they came back and said, like, that's probably one of the more approachable ones. And that would be a good one to lead with. So that's, yeah. that's what we did. That's yeah. great. Uh, so what, what made you create Small Pony Barrelworks? Like what, you know, you're sitting down and you're having a beer with, like you said, maybe a Rodenbach with a friend. Wow. You're like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, it, so. it, <laughs> it, it, it pretty much was that. I was sitting, <laughs> sitting down at a table. A friend, like, not far down the road here, uh, we would get together, like, the homebrew. I was... The, the members of Barliament is the sort of Ottawa members area. Members of Barliament, I it's love the, that. It's the Ottawa area, like, <laughs> homebrewers uh, club, sort of. Yeah. And uh, so we'd get together, like, the West End folks out here. We'd get together, like, every few, you know month or so at someone's mm -hmm. house and bring growlers and drink beer and stuff, and I'd be bringing these. And, like, somebody brought a Rodenbach or something like that, and we're like, how come, like, I can't find these anywhere? Like, I got them because I knew they were coming to the LCBO this week, mm -hmm. and I went to the right store. And, like, somebody said, like, why is nobody making them yeah. here? Like... They're being made in the States, and like the, the States is like, you know, five, ten years ahead of what, yeah. what we're doing here, right? Like the IPAs were yeah. a few years ahead, and then yeah. that came, and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So I, like, I got into making them at home, and, and like, I, was, I had a barrel this size at home mm -hmm. with beer, and I didn't have enough, enough friends. <laughs> uh, so it was, anyways, one thing led to another, and like, uh, you know, I had been talking with another brewer who mm -hmm. was looking for partners and stuff, and I was sort of like, so I got kind of a look into like, you know, what the financials might look like and all this, like the planning and what was required and said like, you know, I could probably almost do this myself, yeah. right? Like, and, uh, and yeah, and so that's, I kind of like just went down that path, really. That's, uh, I gotta say, Barlament's a great like home yes. sub name. I know back in, in Montreal, they're called the Montreal, Montreal Ailers, Ailers, so yeah. Yeah. it's pretty unique. I'm sure Toronto has quite a unique name too for their home brewers. <laughs> it's uh, the creativity of, of the, cr like craft beverages in general, the creativity is, is mind blowing sometimes of, what you guys can do with four ingredients to start and then oh, let's add an adjunct here let's add this let's add that. and then you blending as well that's like a whole other level that some people are just not ready for so it's it's pretty crazy and what made you decide that you wanted to do a more barrel focused instead of like straight to consumer loggers and things yeah. like that for sure like there's demand for it but what made you decide like this is what i'm doing because i like it and going from it there. was it was really kind of that it was like that that was the there was kind of like a hole, like mm -hmm. there was a few things. There was like a hole in the market there. Yeah. And I said like, there sh we should have a brewery that does that here mm -hmm. in Canada or, well, I think we were, yeah, the first in Canada yeah. doing that exclusively, right? So like there was, you know, you've got Cascade in the States, mm -hmm. there's the Rare Barrel, there's, you know, breweries like this that are doing it. And I actually went out and met them all and, you know, talked to them. Um, but uh, yeah, so like there was, um, yeah, there, it wasn't being done. Um, and, and I was, you know, there were so many other breweries popping up that I just didn't want to be lost in the, you know, like not lost in the noise, yeah. but like, uh, it, it was, it was starting to become like an, like not an obsession, but like kind of my favorite style to play around with mm -hmm. at home. And, uh, and I, you know, like I, I could make a blonde ale or a lager or something and I just didn't want to be another, yeah. uh, you know, pale ale, stout, lager, red brewery. Yeah. You know, I thought it would be nice to do something. Yeah. Like pick like steam whistle, right? Like pick one mm -hmm. thing and do it well. Right? Yeah. Small Pony Barrel Works, pretty unique name, the Small Pony part. Uh, why not like Kanata Barrel Works or, or anything kind of town-based or even, you know, um, I'm not going to use your last name, but just say like Sean's Barrel barrel <laughs> Beer or whatever. It's why, why made you decide Small Pony? I mean, naming things is always hard. Like uh, yeah. there were a few front runners. I think Sour City was one, but there were already too many breweries named something city. Uh, <laughs> Um, Small Pony was actually, um, so the brewery's named after like a stuffed animal, like it's like a stuffed pony <laughs> with giant 
fat feet. And I got them for my wife, like, jeez, uh, almost 20 years ago or so, like okay. 15 years. Anyways, he's just kind of being like our house mascot. He'd like come on road trips with us. We didn't have kids or pets or anything. So like just this little stuffed horse would like come with us to my parents' cottage and, you know, we're like, just, just kind of like, just kind of our mascot at home. And that, that, it just became a, uh, yeah, um, it seemed like a good name. And people, animals in names are always good. Like it, it's a good visual. You've yeah. got a thing to represent, like to associate it with. So very yeah. cool. That's, Craft beer is unique. You have to have a unique name to draw people to your place. And, you know, sometimes it's just keep it simple. It's my city brewery. And then back in Montreal, like, what does Benelux or what does this mean? You know, what does La Potaguerre mean? It's well, the, the city one is tricky because yeah. I know, like, I know a few that are already misplaced. Like Bob Cajun Brewing Company yeah. is in Peterborough now. <laughs> uh, Dunrobin Distilleries is, like, in, in Stittsville. Okay. Like, it's, it, it, it happens, yeah. right? Like, and, and then people move and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Waterloo Brewing will stay at Waterloo. Probably. They're a, whole, they're a big boy. <laughs> and they're, they're across from where that great Canadian beer festival is going to be, that Binghamins. Mm. That's Waterloo is literally like on yep. the other side. So I'm sure they're going to get spillover from people from the festival who want to have a beer after the festival's done before they head back. Mm -hmm. with, have your designated driver with you clearly because it is kind of in the middle of nowhere where that festival is. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge... It's a big like yeah. fairground, right? Yeah. It's like it's the Oktoberfest site, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's another that's something I've got to hit at some point is the Kitchener Oktoberfest because it's it's the second largest in the world. Yes, if you haven't been to the Monet Munich, yeah. the Kitchener one is yeah. is good. That's amazing. I went to, I went to university there, so like yeah. I remember being yeah in my first year and and remembering most of that night. <laughs> put it that way. We'll yeah. Put it that way. I think the guy who stands on his head and drinks beer is still there. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I know uh, when my sister moved out there a couple of years ago, she's like, hey, there's an Oktoberfest here. I'm like, no, there's not. And then I look online, I'm like, oh, my God, we have to go. If you watch the movie Strange Brew, yeah. the end actually is at okay. the Oktoberfest there. Yeah. I, I, you can recognize it, yeah. Because I know one of my favorite <laughs> beer-based movies is Beer Fest. Yes. Uh, the comedy. And just I know they filmed it in New Mexico or whatever, but they did their best to look as authentic. And I'm like, no, you could tell like they're in the desert. <laughs> so, But still, it's... It's one of my favorite. Oh, I love it. Booze-based, and honestly, one of my favorite comedies. And when I went to see it, it was hilarious. It was just me and two other friends, in this entire like cinema, and we're like, "This is the most entertaining movie I've ever watched." And my friends like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "If you don't get it, because you're not a beer drinker, so you clearly don't understand what's going on." I quote but, that movie occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot cheese soup. Yeah, yeah not just hot cheese soup. The the Barry Bathernet stuff doing it. What my friends when I'm getting picked, it's it just yeah. continues. It's oh god. We're, uh, we're planning at some point. Cause Is this... that the one with the ZJ? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, if you have to ask, yeah. you can't <laughs> you afford it. Can't afford yeah. it. No, that's right. uh, that was, this show started as a podcast, and we actually did a watch along of Beer Fest oh, nice. uh, as the podcast, too. So that's, that's something that I always, once a year, Beer Fest is on my TV at some point in September, October. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, creating Small Pony Barrel Works, what we're, obviously, I can't imagine buying all these barrels was cheap, but... Uh, the roadblocks and difficulties kind of ran into was the city like, nah, we don't want you here. Or, or... I, I didn't have a lot of hurdles. Like, I mean, obviously finding a location is tricky because mm -hmm. you want some, you know, a place with enough height. Yeah. And this, I actually, this, this is my old karate dojo, <laughs> this building. So I was familiar with it at least. And I knew like the roof leaked in a couple spots <laughs> and like this and that. But like, and there was also another brewery next door. Like, like it just yeah. seemed okay. And, and like when I visited all the breweries on the West Coast in the U.S., like similar breweries, like I, they were all in industrial parks. They're mm -hmm. all not in the. So yeah. I, it, it seemed like it would work. Like that. That was one of the trickier things. I mean, just 
I mean, building it all out yourself is tricky, but, uh, and like, you know, I ended up having to put in a whole brew brewery when yeah. really I don't, I brew like twice a month. Mm -hmm. um, I could have brewed next door at Big Rig and then just filled barrels yeah. here, but like the licensing doesn't, like the, the framework in Ontario doesn't allow, yeah. you have to do it all 100% on site mm -hmm. to sell it on site. So um, that wasn't going to work. I know in, probably in the States in some places you can do that. Like I think the Rare Barrel in Berkeley does. Yeah. They, they, they were buying from, oh geez, I can't remember. I can't remember which was uh, Jamil Zainichev's uh, brewery. I can't. Anyways, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's where they were buying from. It, but they would brew elsewhere and then truck all the wort over mm -hmm. and then ferment it in the barrels. And actually, Halcyon out at Bose um, was trying to do that model as well, and they couldn't. So they yeah. ended up having to to partner up and buy all the gear and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And and now financing is never fun. Yeah. Like yeah. that's 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 a big pain. But yeah. And now kind of all the things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Bose and Hal, I guess under the Halcyon brand as well are owned by Steam most now, right? Yes, so yeah, yeah. I didn't it. know if it was just that, because I know like sometimes like uh, uh, Descendants in uh, the Waterloo region, at one point, I don't know if they sold, but it was like, we're selling everything, we're selling recipes. The brewer literally comes with like the sell of the property and you can even keep the name and keep the, all the artwork, you can do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty unique that, that you can do that with the type of business, it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty wild. And especially when it comes to a brewery is recipes alone, I can't imagine they're easy to come up with. So oh yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> and then with you with the blending, it's it's got to be even more wild because you're trying to balance out the beer. It's it's while it's in the barrels. So it's a challenge. Like I mean, just even just constantly coming up with new things is mm -hmm. tricky. And then because the timeline is so long, right? You can't just say like, oh, uh, somebody like it's peach. It's peach season. Like, yeah. but we so we should have bought peaches four months ago. You know, like people want to drink peach beers right yeah. now or something, right? So like. That's, there's always that problem, right? Like, like, or like cherries always come at the same time of yeah. year. And, uh, and like we're at the phase now where we've been doing this for, you know, four and a half years. And like, you know, I always tell people that we do like 15 to 20 different beers in a year. Mm -hmm. And that will, you know, like a lot of them are new, but like we're repeating our favorites. And like once you've got a back catalog of enough beers, yeah. like you, we're kind of falling into this trap of like, oh, well, we should make that one again because people like that one. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you're also missing out on the people who are just looking for the new, the new thing because yeah. they're, they're like, oh, I've had that one, right? So it's a, it's a tough, it's tough. <laughs> it's been around since when, 2018 you started? 2017. 2017, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and what month about? Uh, well, I got the keys to this in like January and okay. then I couldn't open until December. Okay. So like that was, that was probably yeah. one of the big hurdles was just a big financial outlay at the beginning. Yeah. Because it was yeah. like brewing beer, filling barrels, brewing beer, buying fruit, buying ev like <laughs> yeah. everything for like seven months before I could sell the first one. And so you're paying rent, but you're not making any income. No, exactly, so it's, exactly. It's so you're just burning yeah. through the money. And so like a winery would be a yeah. similar kind of yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. I'm sure so, like cideries too, like unless you're already on an orchard, yeah. <laughs> it can't be that easy. Yeah. Going to get the apples and then letting them sit yeah. and hey, letting the, oh, yeah. letting the little biological monsters eat away at all the sugar and fart out alcohol, so. Well, I mean like, <laughs> I, I, I mean you could probably, if I was a different brewery, I probably yeah. could have contract brewed it somewhere and yeah. like had another brewery produce a beer for me, but then I can't yeah. sell it because no. yeah. of the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Severely, your uniqueness too is a, is a draw for people visiting the Ottawa region. Mm -hmm. uh, as you mentioned, like Brew Donkey comes by and mm -hmm. I'm sure the people who went from a brewery down the street where there's like, oh, here's, here's a lager and an IPA and then all of a sudden they're like, here's some wild yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fermented barrel aged beers and it's just like, whoa. Yep. So, yeah, that's um, I always just tell people like when we're doing the tour, I'm like, you guys have already been to a brewery today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then this is the same. Yeah. Everything 
after that part is different. <laughs> Except for these. Yeah, yeah. Everything <laughs> so, after the, the brewing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's beer number two I'm trying here? Uh, beer number two, is that, does that smell like raspberries? Yeah, that yep. looks like it. It looks like yeah. this color, the yeah. red one. Yeah, that's Jam Hands. So okay. this is, um, it's a similar blend to the first one, Half Remember Dream, but it's mm -hmm. like aged on uh, raspberries. Okay. Um, so... Like we normally like age the beers like nine to 12 months mm -hmm. and then the fruit takes an extra like two, three, four months. So like it's like hurry up and wait. Yeah. And we use a lot of fruit. Like I, I want to say the raspberry one, not as much as some of the others, but like it's like, it's probably about, I think it's around 200 grams per liter of fruit in this beer. So and oh. raspberry is ridiculously expensive right now. Oh, like there was a shortage yeah. this year. And like normally if we were buying like a, like a raspberry puree, like the prices went up like 80%. So I ended up, this last time I ended up sourcing like frozen whole raspberries oh, for that. And yeah. like, so it, it kind of, it's interesting because it's the same beer, but it like the, it's slightly the, different fruit yeah, here and there every now and then. Composition of the fruit changes from being like frozen yeah. from fresh. And, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I mean, like anything, like you can go to the store and buy the same IPA throughout the year mm -hmm. and it'll be different. Yeah. Like, you know, harvests are different and everything for hops. Awesome. So, yeah. Do we do? A toast. A toast. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's raspberry. Yeah, the uh, the aroma is always just like, kind of just like a handful of ras. Like just, I'm in a field picking raspberries yeah. is what it makes me yeah. think of, right? Yeah. And uh, and and a lot of these beers aren't as funky as some of the other like sour beers that you might find out there. Like you know, like uh, uh, I want to say like Russian River or mm -hmm. uh, Jolly Pumpkin or something like yeah. that. Like these ones are a little more sort of clean and dry. Like yeah. uh, like like if you've had any from Cascade. Um, that's kind of like the style I, I enjoyed more. Mm -hmm. um, but we are playing around with like a little more aged hops, yeah. like lambic type, uh, like type brews. I, and I have one. I put it in the freezer. We can actually taste it at the end if you. Oh, that'd... If you want to see how that I'll, one's coming along. I'll never say no for <laughs> to try a beer. Uh, it happened with us flying monkeys. He's like, yeah, I've got a beer that has been sitting in my office since 2016. Want to try it? I'm like, is water wet? Like, yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> This one's a little more sour too than that first mm -hmm. one, probably because just like raspberry as a fruit is pretty sour. So like, it, it it's like it's probably really mm -hmm. representative of the fr like picking fruits for sour beers and you picking the sour fruits, you're really just getting something in the end that reminds you a lot of that fruit. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you put something like, uh, oh, I want I want to say like peach. Peach is a good example. I did a peach beer like a few years back, and I was at a, a festival in uh, St. Catharines. Okay, and. Uh, we had used so much peach, like uh, I had bought twice as much fruit as a normal beer because peach is such a, a subtle flavor. Like mm -hmm. I think we used something like, uh, it was like 40% of the beer was fruit yeah. or like 35 or 40% wow. of it was peaches. And I just remember pouring a glass for someone at the festival and they're like, oh, I don't really get peach out of it. And I'm like, well, it's like a, it's like 40% peach. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So, but like peach being like, once you take all the sweetness out of a fruit, like, so all of our beers, we ferment the fruits yeah. away, so they like all the sugar's gone, so they're not sweet. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you can have exploding bottles and fun things like that. Yeah, I'm um, sure if one of these popping on you I, does not. I have, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like some some brewers will just put fruit in a beer for like two weeks, and you hope that the yeah. you, you drink them fast enough. But uh, so we want to make sure we give them enough time. But as a result, you lose all the sweetness of mm -hmm. the fruit. So some fruits are less identifiable. Yeah. Like you. So we, we end up like putting enough fruit in that it's more of an aroma thing. Like you can still taste it. You get the, yeah. that and that. But, but like, so circling back, it was like raspberry is already sour. Yeah. It's already like that. So it, it, you know, this beer just reminds me a lot of, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just a raspberry 
beer. Right? I'm assuming most of your fruits from local farmers and things like that. Um, like, that you tough. can when you can. When I, I can, say, yeah. yeah. I I don't know too many farmers in this area, but like you know, like our cherries come from down near near uh, near Chatham. Mm -hmm. um, we get yeah different fruits from different places. We've used some local hops here and there, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the time we're just calling and ordering like frozen fruit. Yeah. Or something like that, but uh, it's nice to time it to the harvest to get fresh ones, but uh, it doesn't always work out. Or wine grapes, right? Like I'll go to a kin vineyard down the road, mm -hmm. and uh, when he's pressing his grapes, and I'll get the grapes after he's pressed them, and like that, we try to do that yeah. every year. So. And then you're spent grains, and you're spent. That's all going to a farmer locally, yeah, okay. right? Yeah. He comes and picks up. I think it's feeding cows. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, instead of you paying and, for composting, <laughs> here take this on my hands. Our farmer is act, like he he actually uh, he, he's told me the animals really like your grain like we we're using like lots of oats and yeah. wheat and spelt and stuff like that but we're also not throwing a bunch of hops in the like yeah. a lot of breweries they'll like throw out all their grain and the hops with it and stuff like mm -hmm. that so or like crystal malts and stuff like or roast malts that are just a little more harsh yeah. but like these are very basic light like easy recipe easy recipes I'm yeah. saying like a spent grain <laughs> yeah, recipe yeah, it's like yeah. oh 60 percent barley <laughs> and 40 percent wheat today um but like apparently the animals really like there's no weird off flavors yeah. in our in our mash i guess or, or whatever i guess yeah we're not using a bunch of hops and stuff that the animals may not like uh, so. i mean the home brewer that that we <laughs> We frequent. He he says like the squirrels go crazy. Like when he tries oh, to yeah. put it in his compost, and the squirrels squirrels just tear apart his compost bin. And <laughs> they go and he's like, so I, I have to I don't like to, but I have to throw it out because I'm not going to wait for a farmer oh, to pick no. it up. So when I was uh, brewing at home, yeah, I would always just walk it out into a field and just yeah. kind of like woof. Yeah. So it, it's it's great that it's kind of like I said, like it's a circle of, mm -hmm. of everything where it, it's you feed the kid. Like I know when I went to Bose when I first started my my beer adventuring, my craft beer adventure. I go to Bose and like, yeah, we send the spent grain to, and the pigs eat it, and then the farmer slaughters the pigs, and now we sell the bacon here. Oh, nice! And um, and they're like, and they're like, we don't want to brag or anything, but we think the bacon tastes better. And being, <laughs> being a sucker for that kind of stuff, I'm like, I have to buy the bacon now. Oh, <laughs> do I have a cooler bag in my car? <laughs> so it's, uh, but I, I like that it's it's kind of when it comes to brewing, uh, distilling, and all that stuff, kind of it stays within a circle of of nature that we're. It's it's self-sustaining and yeah. we're trying to keep it that way. Yeah, you don't want to buy. Well, he'll even take our, our fruit like once we've uh, yeah. finished with cherries or raspberries or whatever. Like, the fruit goes out to him too. Mm -hmm. And if, if if it's like cherries and there's cherry pits in there and yeah. stuff, he will often just compost it or something. Yeah. But I'm I'm guessing sometimes the animals are eating fruit. Yeah, uh, fruit and grain. Fruit with a bit of booze in it. <laughs> bit of booze. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It Got drunken cows. Mood. I actually had um, uh, one year we did. It was wild blueberries we did. So. And wild blueberries were ridiculously expensive, and I had bought way too much. Uh, and so we did a beer, and we finished a beer, and then said, like, all this, there's so much fruit, and it's all whole fruit still, so mm -hmm. it's all intact. So it was like, scoop, I scooped out a bunch and put it on the stove at home and just shook, like, put a bit of sugar back into yeah. it and, like, boiled it, and it turned into jam. There you go. So I had, like, a local, like, uh, like it's like not like a food bank, mm -hmm. but something like that, like a resource center that yeah. came. Yeah. And the lady made a whole bunch of jam for for them like out of awesome. a bunch of the the blueberries i think some of it went to a butcher shop uh, a bunch of those blueberries also ended up uh, at an ice cream place so like it's it's yeah. nice to not have to throw stuff out awesome uh what's beer number three we're doing so here? we're tasting uh they go up which is this is the first beer we ever bottled actually so of course okay. several years later but um 
So this is, um, it's one of our, it's a lighter one. It's, I think it's our Berliner Weiss based mm -hmm. beer that we use in this mostly. Um, but it's aged on cherries. And this is uh, Montmorency sour cherries. Ooh. So they are like more like the pie cherry yeah. rather than like the sweet cherry. Mm -hmm. um, so again, like that fruit should remind you of, yeah. because it's after you take all the sugar out of it, it still has the sourness that you expect because it's a sour cherry. Yeah. Um, so um, we get these, this fruit from down in Southern Ontario every July. And we end up aging the beers for like four months on it. Okay. But we age it with the whole fruit and the pits as well. Um, and from the pits, you'll get like this like almond amaretto kind of note, like mm. almost not, not quite marzipan, but there's like, there's always this almondy kind of note. And then the cherries, I find there's always like a cinnamon kind of hint out of it. Yeah. Every so that's like, it's like, and I think I've narrowed that down to being from cherry skins, okay. probably the, the cinnamon, but. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. You. Uh, a toast. I'm getting it. Yeah, <laughs> that's everybody's so used to doing cheers. Uh, we've been doing toast for the last five years. It's plus. And I, yeah, I recently looked at the numbers too, and we do use a ton of cherries in this beer. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. Um, I can't remember how much, but it's. Oh yeah, it's, that's kind of like approaching that peach yeah. number. I mean, I, I love cherries, so this is my. Uh, all three beers have been fantastic, but for me personally, because yeah. I'm such a big fan of cherries, this is it's this is right for me. It's kind of like that. <laughs> cherry pie kind of cinnamony yeah, yeah. like a bit of hint of almond like it's yeah it, it hits all the right notes for me and mm. yeah I, I think mm. when i opened i launched with four beers i had one i had this beer i had a peach and apricot mm. beer i had uh, a dry hopped beer and one that was just like a nice gold like a base yeah. beer i could drink a bunch of those and that'd yeah. be dangerous and we make that every year that one so yeah they usually this, come out in the winter i mean for myself my own palate this is my favorite so far yeah. Uh, but that's me. We no. do a Flanders Red version of that yeah. one called As You Wish as well. So it's like when we get the cherries, we put two different mm -hmm. beers in two different tanks of fruit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Like all your products are, are consistently delicious that I've ever had, especially the ones, well, the, the half dream I could still find at the LCBO. I think I've seen the blue can as well. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. There. I can't. Jam Hands has been yeah. to the LCBO once. Uh, there's a, we, we try, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have one beer all the time and like try to hit the seasonal yeah. releases, but it's like hit and miss whether yeah. you get beers accepted for those. So that's, but that's kind of like the, yeah. you know, ideal for me yeah. would be something like that where it's like every three months, it's a different one. But. Um, during prime pan pandemic, were you delivering like most oh, of yeah. your brews? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, uh, the day they announced things were closing, I posted that we were going to start driving to people's houses. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Dominion City might have beat me to it because, <laughs> but because it was like they posted on the Friday afternoon yeah. and I didn't post until like Saturday or something. But, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, definitely, I, and I had been saying that for, it was a couple of years because you're driving around town, yeah. going to LCBOs, dropping off cases of beer, going to restaurants, delivering kegs. And you're like, I could be, you know, like we're out in the suburbs mm -hmm. here, like people downtown. Don't. So it worked out really well. Like um, we ended up actually hiring a guy that summer as well to like drive deliveries three days a week yeah. and he was pretty busy so i think all the breweries saw that right, right when the pandemic happened everybody was stuck at home and they were like oh my god are we gonna still have beer let's buy all the beer yeah right yeah and uh so it was really good i'd, I'd say like that that whole april may june mm -hmm. like that first three months was like ridiculous yeah i said geez we're gonna run out of beer yeah if, it, <laughs> if things continue this way but it, it all peered yeah. out over yeah. that summer and now it's just kind of everybody's still doing it because people expect it now but it's it's kind of a trickle, you yeah. know. Instead of like you know twenty cases of you know every two days, it's, mm -hmm. it's you know like five or ten yeah. a week or something now. So 
I mean, you really have to go outside your area too. It's just like, oh, we'll stick to here, and maybe we'll go as far as let's say Hawkesbury, or well, that's pretty far when you think about well, it. Well, and but, I've I've been mailing beer yeah. for like four years now, right? Like mm-hmm. so, like well before the pandemic, yeah. we were always shipping beer um, because it's one of those it's one of those interesting things where like you know they always like the guy the 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 advice is always like serve yeah. your local market first because they're your yeah you know whatever if you stand on the roof of your brewery you, whatever you can see that's your those are your mm-hmm. your your primary customers. Well, right here it's just businesses and they're yeah. all closed. Yeah, uh, yeah everybody's working from everybody's home. Everybody's working now. from home. But uh, for for me, it's like, well, why there there isn't a brewery doing what I do mm-hmm. in you know other places in Ontario or wherever else. So like, it makes sense to be mailing beer because people aren't driving. You know, no, yeah. who, who wants to drive from Windsor to here to buy four beers and yeah. go home, right? Yeah, so, exactly. But you know. Mail, yeah. So mail order and and like half hours on Earth kind of pioneered mm-hmm. that in Ontario, even right. Yeah. Like so, uh, your naming and labeling are pretty unique for, for mm. what it is. What what made you decide? How do you name your beers? Um, oh, and then who do your, yourself? You do your labeling, or you hired like a graphic designer? So my designer is uh, in Sweden, actually. Okay. So she is uh, her name's Lada, and she um, she is the sister of a friend I knew from a previous previous life, a okay. previous work life. Wow. Um, like I, I used to work in the tech industry and mm-hmm. like we had an office in Sweden and I would go visit, you know, like I knew some guys over there and the guys I knew over there were all designers. So when I was starting a brewery, I was like, oh, I need like a logo designed. I'm going to email everybody I knew over there who was a designer. And they're like, oh, you know, I, I don't really, you know, do that. But you know what? Call my, call my or email my sister. Yeah. Because she like has like she's like partner in a company that does that. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Right. So like. That was great. So she came up with the, the logo and the, the font and all, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff and like the first label design as a template. And then like, so I've just had her doing art every time. I'm like, can you do, uh, you know, whatever. I give her like vague ideas and they come back and I'm like, yeah. oh, great. Or like, oh, we work on it a little bit. Um, and like, I think there was, we still have. The, the one with the sled dogs was the hardest one for her to do. I'm like, <laughs> just there's this there's this beer here called West Pole Expedition, and the joke is that like there's no West Pole. Like so, I just said I said like, can you just can you just have like a dog sled in just heading left, <laughs> like just like <laughs> off in the distance, like perpetually? And she's like, she had the dogs like coming up to the <laughs> yeah. to, like it, their face looking at you. I'm like, no no no, the joke is they're going left. Yeah, like just out on the ice <laughs> somewhere. And I can, so that was a tough one. I kept like getting. I, I was like doing sketches and stuff, and she's like, "Oh, okay, okay, yeah." yeah. So like, pretty funny, but like, she she does great great work. Um, and um, although recently we did these stouts, and I had uh, some art that she had already done, and then I have a friend mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like my best friend growing up, and like his um, his wife is like this crazy weird artist, okay. like does like yeah. really like if you ever read like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory books, like Roald Dahl's yeah. with the crazy artwork, like the twits and stuff. Like she draws messed up things okay. like that. Yeah, so I had her do a bunch of creepy labels for me Very lately. Cool. But uh, but yeah, that's that's where it all comes from. And naming the beers is a terrible process. It's okay. usually like the day before, because like we'll like bottle a beer and then like we bottle condition all the beers, so we got to mm-hmm. wait like four weeks. Yeah. And so we've got this beer, and I'm like, oh, we need a label for it now because I get the label's going to take two weeks, and we want to release it, and like. We've only got a day to come up with a name because then the artist has to work on it for a few days yeah. before they come up with something. Then it's got to go to the... So it's always like a, a rush. Mm-hmm. And so the, lab, the names are like, they just happen. <laughs> They're like, uh, we just kind of, I don't know, like we just like throw ideas or like I'm listening to some music and like a, a line go, or something goes by in a song and I'm like, oh, that, that'd be a good name for a beer or something like that. But like, so 
everybody always says like, oh, I really love the names for your beers. And I'm like, that's the worst part of the job. Completely on the fly. <laughs> it's yeah. like. Taking a guess. And your WD-40 can? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, that's a fun one. There's like an ongoing debate as to whether it's a, so the, the idea with that, so the artist is in Sweden. Okay, yeah. And we were like, what do we call a smoothie beer? And I just came up with this smooth with like the dots over the U. <laughs> and I'm like, we'll just make it look like an Ikea thing. Cause we were only gonna make this beer once. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. We'll just do like an Ikea branding and it'll be hilarious. And uh, as I was, you know, putting it together, because she had done like the art on the back that just looks like Ikea instructions yeah. for assembling something, I realized that like, the colors were almost identical to WD-40. Yeah. yeah. And like, they're also blue and yellow. And I'm like, ah, oh. but that's okay. People will get it. It's yeah, Ikea, yeah, it's an oval yeah. and this and that. But yeah. no, like uh, uh, online on the Facebook groups and stuff, I always see people like, oh, the WD-40. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, no, it's, that's, it's that's at least something I mean. to, yeah. it's at least a conversation. <laughs> Yeah, no, every, everybody, all the beer followers out of Ontario that I know are like, hey, look, it's my WD-40 beer. I'm like, holy, yep, it pretty much is WD-40 beer. We talked about putting a little red straw on yeah. it, like taped to the side. <laughs> That's great. Uh, collabs you've uh, done and collabs you'd mm. like to do. Yeah, we've, we've worked with a couple different breweries over the years. Mm -hmm. um, most recent, and we work with a winery local, I work with a, a you know, local guy who has bees and we get honey from him almost every year and, nice. uh, and do that. But uh, uh, the recent one we did was these, uh, these, like, these big yeah. dessert stouts. Yeah. And we, I, I was like, well, we don't make non-sour beers, but we'd make barrel aged beers. It would be fun to make a barrel, like just to do this one, mm -hmm. one time thing where we did these, these four, um, like 14% stouts and uh, they're, crazy desserty and good yeah. um but i said like instead of us just doing that and it being like this weird like off-brand thing for us let's work with other breweries who who have done things like this right so we did two crows out in halifax there's i'm pointing in the wrong places yeah here's the two crows one yeah. uh there was uh, temporal out in bc um uh oh geez i'm not even remembering them all third moon of course yeah. was one and uh reverence barrel works uh, okay. down, uh yeah. Down, yeah. down the gta way um, yeah, so yeah, so we worked on, yeah. we just kind of like toss, and of course collaborating the last few years has been impossible almost. Yeah. So it was, it's more of an email collab yeah. these days. Um, it'll be nice to just get back to being able to go, because there's a few that we've been talking about it for years and like we've never got, a, like mm -hmm. Blood Brothers, we keep saying like, when are we going to make a beer, yeah. right? So like maybe finally, maybe when I go down for the Waterloo thing, I'll be able to time, yeah. time it or something to drop in but yeah it'd be nice to like in terms of other people to do collabs with yeah. like i don't know i just like working with folks i know it's always fun yeah. right like guys that i want to go have a good time with and drink a couple of beers and make a beer so uh the ikea beer as you yes, called it the ikea beer so. i was challenged back in like oh god it was like 2020 i was challenged yeah. to make one of these like slushy smoothie beers that has been all the rage that's in right the, yep. the states and in quebec and this and oh, that yeah. i said like Okay, yeah, like, you know, like, I kept saying, sure, sure, yeah, sometime, and then, like, I kept being bothered by it. So it was kind of like a dare, this beer, yeah. and I spent, I think, like, eight months trying to get it right, mm -hmm. like, trying to find the right fruit puree and all these things, and then, like, I also had heard all these horror stories about, you know, this is the <laughs> thing people talk about, but it's also, like, exactly what you said, like, yeah. so the, the way these beers are made is you put a beer in a can and you put a whole bunch of fresh yeah. fruit puree in a can and you that's it and so it's like a beer smoothie yeah. or like a yeah. cocktail kind of thing um the problem with it is is we've all got yeast in our beer and so it'll ferment the sugar and mm -hmm. produce all this carbon dioxide and uh if you don't keep them cold or drink them fast they explode 
and I didn't want to be getting phone calls about like, oh, my wallpaper I'm and my, my car. Exactly, right? <laughs> so I didn't want to be on the receiving yeah, end of that. So yeah. I spent like several months after we figured out the fruit, spent several months trying to stabilize it by pasteurizing it. Mm -hmm. So when we would do this beer, we'd make like 300 cans, we'd load them all in our mash tun, flood it all with, you know, 90 degree water with a temperature probe drilled through the can, like waiting for it to get up yeah. to hot enough and then let it rest for a minute or two and then then chill it really fast, like get all the water out. And like, it was, I, I think I mathed it out the first cans we did, it was like three bucks in labor per can oh. to make that beer the first, because it was a whole day, three guys, like it was, yeah. it was crazy. So anyways, we finally did it the first time and said, okay, we made this thing. And it like sold out in like three minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like, oh, can I, can you make it again? And so like, it's become like a, you know, every month or so we'll do it again. And then mm. we kept selling out and like, we would do a couple different flavors. We did like a, we did a cinnamon heart one recently for Valentine's day. That was like strawberries and melt, like melted cinnamon hearts and all this stuff. Yeah. So, so th anyways, this, this one is the, like the OG mm -hmm. is how I refer to it as because with the other names we've just been saying like smooth red yeah. or like it's got like Swedish on the label. Yeah. I'm just trying to think what would Ikea do? They would, you know, do it this yeah. way. So we've done smooth red. We've done like a lassie. We've done uh, like a pink one that was with vanilla and stuff and um, a green one, which is good. Uh, it's like spinach and kiwi and mango and like mint. Interesting. And it's like, oh, it's, it's great. Like uh, people are like, this is my favorite one. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just the weirdest one. But it, again, it was one of those things where it was like, we came up with it like four days before St. Patrick's Day, like last year. Yeah. And so we just rushed it out and I'm like, uh, what, how do we label it? I just, uh, Jan over at Orleans Brewing has like a print shop. Yeah. And so he just printed me up green versions of the sticker and we just like hand like <laughs> yeah. put them over top of the white one. So that's kind of what happens every now and then is we're yeah. just like, oh, let's do this one. And we, we did a pumpkin pie one, like all, all wow. kinds of things that just, and we end up like just changing the label and anyways this so the original one is uh the it's called smooth but it's mm -hmm. i always refer to it as the og smooth awesome so it's uh it's um mango passion fruit and pineapple yeah i'm getting all pineapple yeah. on my nose it's a lot of pineapple um but and so it's a blend of one of our golden beers so mm -hmm. we'll like take the beer like and 40 percent fruit and yeah. just uh put it all together awesome. can it a toast pasteurize it and they don't explode yeah <laughs> wow Mm. So now yeah. that this beer has been around for like a good year, we can actually produce it and keep some in stock. Yeah. So we've, we've managed to double batch it now in a day. Wow. We're actually working on building out a better yeah. pasteurizer because loading 600 cans through a doorway this big yeah. in and out of a tank is no fun. And yeah, this so is a tricky beer because what is it, six and a half, seven percent? It's No, it's like five or oh, a okay, little under okay. five. It's, it's on the low side because, That's you know, that, yeah. otherwise you're brewing like a 10 percent beer yeah. to blend with fruit. So we're yeah. not. We're not going that high on the beers. So we're, 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 we're playing around with that idea, but um, like it's 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 at the approachable level. Yeah, it's basically um, the best description I have for it is like if you like champagne and orange mm -hmm. juice, like a mimosa. Yeah, it basically has replaced that for me for brunch. Or yeah, this like, is da I it's can, a breakfast beer. Yeah, almost. this is a bre I can just <laughs> eat my eggs and bacon and drinking this. Yeah. It's yeah, this is a uh, wow. No, that's. Um, that's a dan uh, deceivingly dangerous beer. It's, <laughs> it's the same thing that's, that I've been getting caught with. And you can't drink a lot of them because they just, they're filling because yeah. of all the fruit, yeah. right? So, and like the nice thing about these beer that's different from the other ones is now that we can, we figured out how to do mm -hmm. this pasteurizing and we bought a little canner because we were like, oh God, we were like, 
One guy on the production line was like pouring fruit into a cylinder, into each can. Someone was just with a beer gun. Then the next guy was seaming it on a seamer. And like, it was just so painful. And now we've managed to, yeah. we said, well, we're gonna, we'll keep doing this. And we'll, we bought a tiny little canner that can, like yeah. two guys can run it. And um, so now we can do this in like, what used to take us many hours can get done in like an hour and a half That's or great. something, right? So much better, we're yeah, much happier now. And then we can also play around with the canner and do some other little can projects. But yeah. like, um, you know, we're still mostly working on bottles, but it's like cans is a, is a thing we're just yeah. kind of doing like special things every now and then. Well, I mean, you can see your most bottles are right next to us and there's the, the labeling machine that oh, yeah, when we came in, you know, yeah. we ordered our beers, we were drinking it and we were watching the, the girl behind the counter just labeling a beer, waiting for somebody to come in to order a beer. And <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's mostly, it's purely physical love that, that's bringing people here to keep, you know, people are coming back and it's like they're watching everything kind of in the process of being done. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's, that's nice. nice. Well, that's, see. I mean, like you can see, we yeah. like I, I wanted to make sure it was open. Like a lot of the mm -hmm. breweries I, I, I had visited or some of my favorite, like, like it's just such a nice ambience yeah. and that, like that's kind of like what we're we're going for mm -hmm. so i didn't want to like have the like have it walled off yeah i know at big rig next door they have like the big window into the brew house yeah. and the big window into the canning line but i didn't even i didn't want to go that far and like it's very helpful to yeah. be able to drive the forklift through here or put yeah. stuff because we're we're spending so much of our time just moving stuff around right? yeah like we need that barrel from the middle okay let's move all these stacks uh, out and we need somewhere to put them so it's nice to have the extra space uh uh, available to yeah. us and you know and how many barrels are, are you do you have uh i think there's 160 right now in here wow um okay. yeah yeah and they're all they're all uh california like they're all from the napa valley from wineries there mm -hmm. so i just loaded a truck and <laughs> sent them up here it was a cross-country trek yeah there yeah. you go uh, that's that's great when it's safe to and when you have time to go on a vacation that's focused on beer what's one that you haven't done or when you've done that you'd love to do again Oh, geez. I we were talking about it earlier. So, um, uh, Vermont. I've never yeah. been to Vermont. And everybody always says, what do you mean you've never been to Vermont? You know, you live in o yeah. like Ottawa. Is, it's only a couple of, it's like driving to Toronto. Yeah. And me, like, grow, I grew up in southern Ontario. Mm -hmm. So, like, Vermont was probably, like, a farther away place. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, you know, I, I think we, I may have gone through there when I was a kid with my parents on a road trip or something. But um, I, don't, I, I just don't realize that it's that close. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Jamie over at Ridge Rock used to brew down uh, in that area, so he knows. So we're talking about kind of trying to get a, a van and yeah. like, you know, six or ten dudes and all the brewers and just kind of go for a go for yeah. a nice weekend trip or something. And and that so that's something I I would look forward to is going down there. Um, I also like the last time I was in Belgium was probably ten years ago, and that was before I was into uh, the sour beers. Mm -hmm. So go, just when I was over there, it was more like I was looking for the Trappist beers. Yeah. And now if I was going over there, I would be looking for a totally different lineup to, to be drinking. Yeah. I would also be drinking the Trappist beers. So I'm a beer venture. I like to go around and, and find, but I, I pre-plan. But let's say somebody comes here because they get dropped off with a friend who's not really a planner. And they hear about you guys from somebody else. Uh, come here, try some beers, buy some to bring some home. Uh, friends in the area. Now we already mentioned Calaboogie and, and Big Rig, but some other friends in the area that you like go here these guys make great beer they're not too far away i see there's a bus just that keeps passing oh yeah like so public we're right transportation. On the, yeah, yeah the bus comes here from downtown yeah so like it's it's easy like i mean obviously the obvious one is that there's three breweries in the same parking mm -hmm. lot almost yeah. here so 
That's like, even if you're, you know, you take the bus out or drive out, what, like have a DD, whatever, yeah. but like you can park out here for several hours and just like visit the three, have lunch at yeah. one, try the others and then something different here. And we've got this nice like Polish, like Ukrainian deli mm -hmm. right next door yeah. now. So they've got like all sausage and meat and stuff. And we're actually going to kind of like do a, a thing together probably out front here like on the patio where type. we can, yeah. well, we'll just, just in general, like you sit down at our place cause we don't have enough space for like a mm -hmm. restaurant. You know, we've always just had kind of a cheese board, um, but uh, now we can like actually put their food on a menu and yeah. you could just go outside, order beer and then order food and we'll just kind of put it together. Yeah. So that'll be good. Um, there's a bakery in the building too that does stuff. Um, but like, uh, you know, there's, I think I counted, like when we, when we were doing the festival out here and I was inviting all the breweries, I think just from Bell's Corners, which is like kind of the next exit before Canada, there were like 12 breweries just yeah. Like in this kind of like area. So it's like Whippersnapper, Kitchissippi's there, Evergreen is here, mm -hmm. uh, Brew Revolution, uh, uh, Covered Bridge, Covered Ridge, yeah. uh, Ridge Rock, Big Rig, Calabogie, yeah. Small Pony. Like um, I'm probably still missing. Oh, uh, if you go further to Almont, you're at uh, um, Crooked Mile. And then, you know. I've been there. I've never um, been to Crooked That's Mile. an ex-brewery out there. Yeah. It's a small, like, yeah. small place, and his focus is English-style English beers, so different, different yeah, from no, what that's... everybody else is doing. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, you hit Carlton Place and this. But like, if you were to just, you know, people, people often, like, it's funny, because I'll be delivering beer to someone downtown, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're just so far away. I'm like, I got here in 15 minutes yeah. to drop yeah. off your beer. You're in Westboro, right? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but, um, like... I mean, if you if you are gonna come out for a drive, you can you can do like a decent beer tour just in this kind of mm -hmm. like three highway off ramps yeah. here. You can hit like ten breweries, right? So it's it's yeah, it's 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 nice to see that, yeah. right? Like because otherwise Ottawa and the like the zoning makes you put breweries in industrial areas. Mm -hmm. So otherwise you're driving to Orleans and then you're driving south to Nida and then you're driving. Yeah. To, so it's nice to see clusters. Yeah, no, it's helpful, especially like you said, like with Bell's Corners, it's like, uh, or Bar Haven, it's like Conspiracy, Kitchissippi, yep. and Whippersnapper all like boom, boom, boom. Yep, right on the same so street. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then you mentioned Chris from, uh, from Evergreen. Mm -hmm. It's like Chris and Paul from Conspiracy. They just started in the garages yeah. and now they're yeah. much Chris, bigger locations. Speaking of collabs, so. <laughs> Chris was the first collab I ever did. Okay. I did a collab with Evergreen before I had opened the brewery. Yeah. So, like, it was kind of like people. You know, we released a, a strawberry and uh, or a peach and blueberry. Mm -hmm. Anyway, some fruit beers I did with him in his garage. Yep. And uh, and um, we were getting them ready for release and like had the name on it because his stickers were just like a little white sticker yeah. on a yeah. on a silver yep. can, right? Yeah. And they're they're yeah. like, wait, what's the small pony? This is oh, a new brewery's opening. Yeah. Let's track down that person, right? And I'm like, yeah. not ready to talk to anyone yet. And you know, did a photo in my basement with yeah. a barrel or something. <laughs> and the first beer that ever came out of Small Pony was. Half Dream or, or something else? Oh, uh, well, it was the four that we launched with, which okay. was the, the, the cherry beer and okay. like a dry yeah. hop beer. There were, yeah, there were four of them. Orange Whisper, that one. PA System, which was the peach and apricot one, is mm -hmm. the one beer we've never gone back and done again. Okay. Maybe this is the year for that, because yeah. I, I just heard, I just got approval this week to do our peach beer for the LCBO in the fall. So Nice. This is a fun thing. So, like, we have, like, a club, mm -hmm. like, where you can sign up, and we... We, you get like four different releases throughout the year that are only for people in the club. There's other things too, yeah, but like, yeah. you know, so that, and those are the hardest to keep coming up with like cool things. But um, a couple years ago, we did one that was called Disassemble, Reassemble. So it was like this, like really 
it was it was a peach it was a disassembled peach cobbler beer okay. basically so we had like all the cinnamon spices we used packed in to kind of thicken it a little because we can't use lactose yeah. uh it was like jam full of peaches so it basically was a peach cobbler like pie hmm. and the lcbo has just approved that one for the oh, fall there you so go. now i'm like oh god how am i going to redo that yeah. one so for the lcbo <laughs> we've often be going back to like well what were some of the really popular one because they're always like they're like ah you know we've already got a raspberry beer or we've always got this so we're like okay well let's let's throw them something that yeah you know we that we know we've done and we can send them a sample of uh which was hard to find from three years ago or two yeah. years ago but uh so often we find now we're kind of like going back through some of those old recipes or sometimes the club beers will like say like that was so great and it'll be like a general release next yeah. year or like they're more experimental so like it's a good way to yeah. come up with new right. stuff awesome uh so this last beer you okay, were mentioning I early one right now yeah. So this will be releasing soon, mm -hmm. and since this is airing in the future, it's already out. Yeah. Um, this, <laughs> this is, so like, um, the traditional old world style okay. sour beers are the Lambic beers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're made in Belgium, so those are like, you know, they're open fermented outside, like, with wild yeast. And this is like yeah. Antion and mm -hmm. Dre Fontaine and these guys are doing. So all those traditional ones. Um, of course, you can't call a beer a Lambic beer because we're not in... Belgium we're not making it there but yeah so this is done you know with you know in that character right um so we brewed this one in 2020 so it's it's a year and a half in barrel now we're just coming up on releasing it um we only have ever released one beer like this and okay. it was in 2019 and then we said oh that was fun we should do that again and we brewed another one and waited a year, waited almost two years, and then ended up dumping all four barrels because it wasn't going <sighs> the right way. This can happen, right? Like, so you brew a beer, you put it in this, like, big open tank outside. Yeah. Like, right straight from boiling the, in the kettle right into a tank outside. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, and it didn't happen that year. Yeah. So, like, it'd be nice to be able to release these every year, but we, you know, sometimes you miss. Yeah. Um, so, um, I'm really happy that this, we used two of the three barrels from this one were, were good and ready. And we said like, we should get them done before some, before it starts to, you know, some like vinegar or something yeah. creeps in yeah, or something yeah. like it's tasting good now. Let's get it in bottles now. Um, so this beer is called a lonely forest. Okay. And I can't remember why we even called it that. It was something to do with like, it was a single barrel, like it's a barrel of one kind of like this mm -hmm. wood, like single would sitting all right? by itself and yep yeah. exactly and it was outside like this one so we t i took it over to the vineyard nearby and just like camped it out for the night and let it cool down near the vines and stuff so like any wild yeast that's in the air you hope it falls in yeah and, like yeah. That, something good happens um so and this time we used um aged tops for the first time i think in this one so that's why it'll have more of that traditional belgian lambic kind of character like a little more funky a little more uh, awesome. Of that, yeah. A toast. A toast. Aha. So if you've had like those, wow, those Belgian style ones. This yeah. Is, mm. Our other beers are more clean. They don't have that kind of aged uh, hop note. Yeah. So this is. I'm I'm excited wow. for how this has come out. This is absolutely. And delicious. we have one barrel left that wasn't ready, and maybe we'll look at putting mm. cherries in it or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, clearly you blend a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's just a matter of getting those notes right in the end. And yeah, this is incredible. What's this coming in at for alcohol-wise? Uh, oh, geez. This year, it's probably high sixes. Yeah. 6.87, somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, I'd say there. around seven, like from what I'm, I'm getting. 
it, I'd have to look it kind at the of label. Tastes like a seven. I don't have a label yeah. yet. It's coming this week. It's, um, that's one thing that always asks me is like certain stouts. It's like it's 12%. I'm like, no, it's not. It tastes like chocolate milk. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, with the stouts where they finish, like, so normally our beers dry right out mm -hmm. to bone dry. With the stouts, like, we use so much malt. And, like, yeah. the point of making the sweet stouts was start with so much malt that the yeast will not be able to ferment it any further than, mm -hmm. and it will stay sweet, right? So, like, that's what, it landed at 14 yeah. because the yeast kind of dies off at some point and can't do it anymore. And that's why it's still sweet at the end, yeah. and that's why we do these dessert ones, dessert versions. But you won't get, like, a... 6% dessert stout because it's going to be dry yeah. unless you, or unless you pasteurize it or do something funny with adjuncts. So, and there's Brett in these ones too, which mm -hmm. would normally just dry it right out. And yeah. We just gave it enough time, but yeah. yeah. I got to say, you make some uh, wild beers. You're, uh, some of the more unique beers I've had uh, out of the places we've been lucky enough to interview. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've been a fan ever since I tried your beers. Nice. The fact that I started seeing the LCBO in the last couple of years is even... It, it makes You're me hopeful. Quebec, we for... sent beers to the SAQ last yeah. year, even. Oh, that's yeah. yeah I'm, there I'm sure the I cherry saw... beer was at the SAQ. Yeah, I, I, I think I saw Half Dream too at the SAQ. Yeah. So it's uh, it's coming. Hopefully, uh, mm -hmm. that's that's my big thing. Is we got to drop these beer borders we have. Oh my god. Yeah, I can now mail beer to four other provinces that do not include Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we. I don't know. Like seeing, uh, I go down to Vermont, and it's like, oh, I could buy a beer from Texas in Vermont. I can buy beer from California. Yeah. Why can't? Yeah. Why can't a store I, my my old? Now let's say okay, you obviously want to I say. Think, I think I'm Nova Scotia, yeah. BC. I want to say Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Yeah. I think those four now I think are are, are open because there there used to be like uh, federal rules mm -hmm. that wouldn't let yeah. you mail interprovincial beer, and then they dropped that a few years ago. Yeah. And now it's just up to the provinces, and and several provinces have just said we're cool with it. Uh, so for Small Pony Barrel Works as as a brand and everything else, what's what's next? I guess I was talking about cans, like we're, we're mm -hmm. kind of looking at, you know, like trying a couple different formats, maybe looking at some, at, at trying to do a beer in a can. We're also like, we were very happy when we did these stouts. They mm -hmm. were very well received and they, they sold quickly. And, you know, people for weeks kept asking, do you have any more of those stouts? I'm yeah. like, no. <laughs> you know, I have just like a four pack yeah. or like two just, you know, um, for, you know, that I'm keeping for friends or something. Um, but I think what, one of the things we're going to play around with next is actually um, probably looking to try and plan to do a few more of those kind of stout stouts next. Um, you know, like we've always been the sour beer brewery, yeah. but it doesn't say that in the name anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. friend always says that. He goes, it doesn't say sour in the yeah. name. And I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of like we wanted to do one thing well, and that's always been the thing that I've done. But we can always do an occasional yeah. something different, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think what we might do is even just retire a few barrels to make space for a few more um, spirit barrels to mm -hmm. do to age some more of those stouts for the winter or something like that. So cool. just kind of looking at maybe trying out a couple different things Love in it. the future. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and, and I mean, your innovation is, is something beyond belief. For, for Like I said, sometimes I just I love going to like... I live near the St. Ambroise Terrasse, and it's a giant football field patio. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, at least they consistently make their pumpkin ale, and they consistently make this. And then sometimes it's, I want to come out here, and I want to experiment all these crazy beers. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, I'll start with a nice light lager next door. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's just me. But, you know, and there's people who just love just either sours or the new IPAs. And, and those, it's a niche market, but you have enough of a, of a market that's coming in that you said you clearly, you released 
the dessert beers and yeah. uh, the uh, S SBV smooth yeah. smoothie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they sold out like instantly. Yeah. So there's yeah. clearly demand for your beers out there. I think our one limiting factor there is that we are a like a infected brewery, mm -hmm. right? We're 100% why like it's yeah. You, Trying to make a lager in here, it would just be a sour lager in the end because <laughs> yeah. it would something would get in it, and that's the reason other breweries don't do this kind of like they'll do kettle sours yeah. and quick sour beers like that is because they just don't want that bacteria getting anywhere near their other equipment mm -hmm. and their other beers. I mean, over at Big Rig Lawn, the owner got me a like a an, a rubber mat that you can fill with acid, so that like when I go over there, I can walk through the mat of acid <laughs> before I go over there, right, and like have my boots clean. Um, so like there's always that concern, but we have the opposite concern is yeah. that I don't think I can make a clean beer. The only exception was the stout, which we purposely put our stuff in. Yeah. We just put enough hops and let the alcohol get high enough that it wouldn't ferment forever. And like, so yeah, there's, sure. you know, there's, we can dial the knobs a little here no, and there, but I don't think, I'm not going to make a, 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 you know, like a, a lager or yeah, a, yeah. I don't, I doubt I could make an IPA even. I, I don't expect it to like you're you know you're off the beaten path and that's what matters is you're doing what you like and clearly people love your beers um, you get like the brew donkey tours coming through here and I'm sure people are going from let's say bicycle craft to here and they're just like whoa that's a big flavor jump and but at least they're still coming here and that's what really matters so. yeah yeah I mean like it's it's it always has been in my mind like the wine and mm -hmm. cider crowd yeah like it's more it's closer to wine than beer Really, so like yeah. tapping into those folks is, is always a challenge, right? Huh. It's always, I was told what, before I started and I met with all those brewers on the West Coast, some of the advice I was given, were, or like the, the, you know, when I was asking like, what were your challenges? What would you do again? Like this kind of mm. questioning. Yeah. Uh, they're like, uh, your biggest challenge is gonna be educating people and like, because the, they will not, they will have no idea what you're doing. So that was, that's actually probably when you asked what was the, one of the biggest challenges yeah. was like, I'm opening a thing uh, that doesn't ex like there's no market for yeah. it, right? The market doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're talking to the bank and they want to see, you know, like they're like, yeah. But what, you know, Where's what is money? it? Why? <laughs> I, we understand how to finance a brewery, but this is something else. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I have no other questions. Uh, everything you've told me today is quite amazing. Your beer is absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm a fan since I first came here back before uh, in the before times, as I like to call. It. Yes. Uh, I think uh, the before time should be one of the beers this year. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll call it that. And uh, I look forward to uh, your future. Uh, like I said, I have no other questions. So let the audience know where they can find you. Oh, um, you will find our stuff at, uh, we have an online shop, smallponybarrelworks.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram. I think it's Small Pony Barrel Works. Uh, the only one that's not Small Pony Barrel Works is Twitter because it's too long. It is Small Pony Beer on Twitter. Okay. Um, and you can find our beers at LCBOs around Ontario. Not all of them, but some of them. Mm -hmm. um, and the occasional restaurant and bottle shop around Toronto and Ottawa and Niagara. Like if you've got your hubs, you've got your craft beer hubs in mm -hmm. all the cities, right? You know Arabella Park, you know Trust mm -hmm. Beer Bar, you know Milos. Like you'll find, you'll find it at, yeah. at, at the right place. And let's say somebody's from out of town and they want to come, what's the physical location? Oh, yes. Well, we're in Canada, uh, which is uh, like a West End suburb of Ottawa. Um, we're at 101 Schneider Road, which you will find on our website as well because there's a fantastic map. Um, but yeah, we're, we're like a 20-minute drive from downtown Ottawa, basically. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So all that will be in the show notes. As for us, it's allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>